Hello gamers, I'm Paul, and welcome to Tried and True, a story focusing on the revitalization of the War Machine and Hordes community in the small state of Delaware. Our story couldn't have happened without the hard work and dedication of the active members who made this possible. Their time and effort has been instrumental in getting our meta to where it is now. So join myself and members of the Delaware War Machine community as we reflect on the steps taken getting the meta to where it is now and how you can use our experiences in leveraging your own success and expanding your own War Machine community. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fifth and final episode of Tried and True. I'm your host, Paul. And I'm Dan. Hi, I'm Andy. I'm Erica. So this is the final episode of Tried and True, uh, or at least the last episode of this series. As Dan and I were mentioning it the first time, we end up doing another podcast at some point. It'd be something down the line, not making any promises, but it's been a really, really fun project. Yeah, if you have any feedback on the project, please let us know. Feel free to reach out and you know have a conversation with us. All 12 of you, please. All 12 of you. <laughs> we actually had, we know, we had a, I, I mean, like, it's not a lot, but I think we had about like at least... 40 or 50 views on each of the YouTube videos and about 20 like on the regular podcast. That's not really something to gloat about, but there are people listening. I mean, you know, you know, you never know who's listening to it. So I'm just hoping that it's making a difference somewhere. You know, Paul, it doesn't count if you make your wife watch for extra views. <laughs> she's, she's like, I don't make me listen to it. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I just like talking games with my friends. <laughs> But it's been cool. Like, I mean, having Dan on with the beginning, just we're talking about the history of our local areas and then having Andy hop on with us three talking about getting it started and then getting Erica in with us focusing on the community, the events and everything that's been going on. It's just been great. It, it felt very organic and I really liked how we did this and I just think it's a great way to end it. Okay, so at this point, we talked about, you know, we found our place, right? We hosted events. We're good now. We're hosting events every single month. We talked about why it works here because we really focus on building the community as opposed to playing the game. And, you know, we're really established. So at this point, it's kind of like you're you're playing well with the kids in your own sandbox. How do you play well with the kids outside your sandbox? Oh, no. Is this the politics episode? Yes, it's the <laughs> politics episode. It's going to be like the game of diplomacy, and you're just making deals and making sure everybody's happy. So. Hang on to your seats. You're going to get real Game of Thrones in here in a minute. Ugh. Se- seasons one through five. Seasons one through five. <laughs> yeah, only, only the good stuff, though. There's only five books. Yeah, so this is all about how once your meta starts to grow and becomes a presence locally, you're going to probably grow to a point where you butt up against other people's player groups, and you might have to deal with organizing and cross-organizing. Yeah, it, it's really interesting with it, and Erica and Andy have been helping me out a lot. The reason why this episode is here. A while back, I think it was our December steamroller, we ended up scheduling it and Grant Ritchie out of the New Jersey SOB meta, he was going to schedule a steamroller that same weekend at the Battle Bunker in Philadelphia. And I posted my event on Facebook and he texted me off to the side. He's like, oh, I wish I would have known about this because we were literally going to go and post this later on today. And that got us to kind of create this a Facebook group that we actually chat with each other at least like every other week, once a month, where we just talk about what's going on in the future, what events that we want to go and run. And I ended up creating a Google calendar 
And if I remember, I'll uh, I'll actually link it to the show notes here on the podcast and on the YouTube video so people can see what it looks like. And it just helps us in keeping track of everything. But that's kind of why this episode exists, because you want to make sure that you're not scheduling things at the exact same time as everybody else. It's really, really easy for that to happen. And there's actually real reasons for it. So not only are we going to go and talk about like scheduling things with other people, but at this point, as I mentioned, like my daughter, she's going to be born in less than a month at this point, is trying to get people to take on leadership roles. So I actually wanted to start with that first, then go into organizing events with other metas, and then just, you know, what's what's going to be happening next. So the first thing is just inspiring people, take on leadership roles. But I don't really feel like I've inspired anybody. I just feel like you let them. You just let them have it. <laughs> you can you can let 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 them have yeah. it. Lead by example. You did a cool thing. They want to do cool things. They should be like you. Well, I mean, like it, it's weird because leadership comes in many different styles. And I know that leadership is not something that everybody wants to go and do. I know some people feel a little intimidated by it. I just think with my experience as an educator, plus other life experience I've had, I I didn't mind taking it on. The opportunity presented itself, and I just wanted to go and make these specific changes, and it worked out. But it's kind of getting to a point now that I, I can't. So I need to go and look for other people to take on these roles. So, I mean, Erica, you were helping out with the Discord and the Escalation League. Yeah. So for the Discord, when Paul, Dan, Andy, and I initially set it up, so I belong to a couple of different servers. So I have a little bit of experience using the program. I was like, hey, Paul, you know, to help take some of this off your plate, let me go ahead and set up some channels for you, get some uh, rules, help with the creation and monitoring of events. I've also kind of jumped into some of these co-conversations Paul's been having with our other game shops in the area. So I think think that's been helping a little bit with, with the online day-to-day stuff. Uh, with the Escalation League, with the timing of everything, it just felt like a really organic, just natural time to do something like this, an event like this, because we had so many new players coming in and people who really didn't know each other that well to start. And I think the Escalation League's been pretty well received so far. We just wrapped up week four believe going into week five so we're we're getting halfway through it um yeah so i wouldn't mind doing more events like that and and food machine in the future i think it helps keep things fresh so real quick what i'm hearing to start off with is that your group is expanding to the point where you need support in running things or in in maintaining the progress that you've made so far one type of person or one role that you may need to fill is that of someone that's very good at communicating and organizing events and channels for people to connect to each other. It may be one thing for you to run all of your steamrollers on the day of, but you know, it's can get to the point where it might become a part-time job just to pull all of the strings and make sure all of these groups are coordinating. So a person that is helpful in that respect can be a great asset to the group uh, that you're building. I say it's uh, it's kind of like a behind the scenes thing. It's very similar to, to my full-time job. It's a role I'm, I'm very comfortable in. I really like doing it. So if if I can do what I can to kind of help with that foundation for for the group and the community. And again, it's, it's shared responsibility. Everybody, you know, has their part in it. Andy ran a great food machine event. Um, and it was cool assisting him, like helping with something easy as coordinating lunch and, and helping with judging at the tables. So like Dan's saying, it's it's nice to be able to have a group of people that you can kind of delegate these responsibilities off to. 
Yeah, and when it comes to running events, I uh, I generally enjoy standing in front of a room full of degenerates and getting them all paired up and ready to go. So I, I like that aspect. I enjoy just getting people organized and, and, and judging and, and making sure everything runs smoothly in the moment. I'm better as sort of a front-facing kind of thing. I'm way worse in the back end. My my wife heard the schedule or can tell you. Andy's very charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to put that in. <laughs> no, I was saying it. But I mean, this goes back to what Dan, you said back in episode two, right? Find a way to delegate the work and make it work. And it really feels like we've been tag teaming like everything to make sure that we've been able to accomplish those goals. It's a little bit of a bittersweet like point to where it is where, you know, shift of responsibilities. I'm not going to be able to go and do this as much as I used to, but it's really amazing to see how everybody has been able to pick up. And at some point, I promise I'll find some way to actually contribute to the group. We could use all that steamroller stuff that you have up there. <laughs> no, yeah, Dan, true, you've been, true. um, I think you've been excellent too. I mean, you're you're a great person to play against. Either I've enjoyed all of our games very very thoroughly. You're very very you're a very clean player. Well, thank you. But the game that you had with what was it, Don in Maryland, and I think yes. you had a game with Andy Z a few weeks back. You're very good at teaching this game and and talking with people through it. I think it's it's very valuable time with the group. You're you're good. You're good for us. New players learn a lot from you, specifically. Good. Everybody has something to contribute out of this group. And that's something that's really important to, to see is was what skills, what techniques, what strategies you have that, you know, you can help and let your group grow, you know, let your, let your group learn from. So now you've been very instrumental with that. I think that my point was more along the lines of I'm acting in sort of a role where I'm just kind of filling gaps where I don't have any very specific thing that I'm concentrating all my efforts on. But, you know, if I need to jump in and uh, do a teaching game, I will happily help out with that. If I need to, you know, help somebody or fill in a gap during the escalation league on a, on a weeknight that I can make it out, um, you know, I can, I can take that uh, responsibility up. So I just kind of am you know, acting as uh, like the mercenary hire of the group almost, right? You know, and that could also be something that you need, just a, a go-to person that uh, is usually, um, maybe their schedule is more free than some than some other individuals in your group. And you can rely on them to be able to, you know, drop something and go, uh, you know, pick up supplies or talk to a store owner or, uh, you know, any random responsibility that happens to present itself. Yeah, but I mean, with what you've been able to do to help pick up the slack, it's it's like you, you go into the kitchen, it's like, ah, oh, they didn't close the cabinet doors. I'll just go ahead and get that real fast. You <laughs> yeah, know, <right>. it's <laughs> Dan, I also consider you the spreadsheet guy um, because Broker oh, Brawl, you scared the shit out of me <laughs> with those documents. <laughs> I'm like, Dan, this is like 40 pages. What is this? <laughs> I What can I say? I like math. Math is good. Spreadsheets keep things in rows and columns, and it's all nice and orderly, and I can handle that. The man works in quality control. <laughs> I really like it how we had this spreadsheet for, like, to get the get-go, and then, like, come day of broker we're like, ah, f*** it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dan's like, did you look at the spreadsheet yet? And I'm like, bro, that's all I do at work is look at spreadsheets. <laughs> cool it with the f***ing spreadsheet already. Yeah. Jesus. Just, I'm a one. I'm a one. One across the board. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but... I think when it comes down to these experienced players or just maybe experience within the group is that you want to look for these people to go take on these leadership roles. In the case of Born a Game right now in Middletown, like that's what we're trying to do right now. We have our Sunday open play that's coming up. If you're paying attention to the earlier episodes, they're originally Saturdays. We'll talk about why they're now Sundays in a bit. But 
for our Sunday open plays, we're trying to find somebody who is interested in taking on that leadership role. Or even if it's a couple of people, we have some players that are about like five minutes from the store, you know, and I mean, at Andy, it was just you and I for the like first two or three months at alternate universes. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important that I, uh, that they be local to that store. And, and I think that's, it, it adds a sense of ownership for them to say, Hey, I'm running stuff here. And this is my turf. Yeah, exactly. Well, not so much that, not so much an ego thing, but more <laughs> of a, this is my backyard. I need to, I need to take care of it. Oh, so we're, we're going to frown on dance fight contests then? I mean, <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> just more, just morbid curiosity, train wreck kind of thing. <laughs> but the thing is, is like when it was Andy and I, it was just him and I playing for the first couple of months and it was just him and I at the store. We would drive out and maybe Hoy would show up. Maybe Jason would come, but it was just us. And it's important that even if it's only two people going to the store, like that's what it was to begin with for us. And it eventually got to the level to where it is right now because it's just word of mouth. Like, oh, if I'm going to have people consistently being here, then I'll make sure I'll get a game. But I think a lot of people are hesitant of going to the miniatures Tuesdays because no community has actually grown there now at this point. But I'm hoping that come Sunday, we'll be able to find some players that will be able to go and you know make that work. Yeah, and your uh, your involvement too doesn't have to be you know a big thing. Just something as simple as consistently showing up, picking a time, and being there is more than enough to get something like this started. And it can just be like if you and your friends are like normally playing at your house anyway, and if it's only like a five or ten minute drive, like just make the trip out there. Like it's 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 not that much more time out of your day, and you never know what it can grow into. That's kind of what happened with us at this point because Born a Game has their open play Tuesdays, or at least their miniatures Tuesdays. And we have our Tuesday game nights, right? We're scheduling it so that our local players would go to the Wilmington area or you go down the Middletown area. But when it comes down to these weekend events, how is it that you play well with the other metas around you? Now, if you're at a game store, I guarantee that the primary means of income for that game store is going to be collectible card games. So you got to watch out for the magic pre-releases or like the Yu-Gi-Oh card expansions or whatever. I don't I don't know how it works, right? but typically that means that the miniature war games are typically the last to schedule out in that month. And we have to schedule ourselves like two or three months out in advance, right? And that might only leave us about two weekends that are free. Well, we wanted to do our steamrollers every other month. So that way we had an open play option for our local players. So they were able to go and hang out over on the weekend. Well, it got into the point that we were scheduling ourselves for March and March 12th, we had an open play scheduled and then Portal had their steamroller, which we you know wanted to go to. And then Seth ended up saying Maplewood had their steamroller on the 28th, which we also had an open play pickup games. And I went to the group and said, look, like before we said it would be fine because it's like something for everybody. But this is a problem because we're consistently choosing the same days. So I came up with a solution of saying, why don't we just move all of our open plays? We can open plays to Sundays. It's what Portal's been doing forever. And that way, we're never going to be fighting each other for the steamroller spots. And also for Maryland, they do an every other Sunday. So 
the way that we ended up making it so that we all kind of work together is that Maryland will have its open play on a Sunday. We have it the following Sunday. So basically we're alternating so that every Sunday you have somewhere to go. And then Portal up in Pennsylvania has their Sundays every single week. So it allows everybody to be able to get those weekend games as well as be able to have those steamrollers. Yeah, that's that's why it's important to you know, you either use social media or some other sort of online networking. So I think that Google Doc or the Google Calendar that you have, Paul, is is very beneficial. But it's a way to, you know, have everybody on the same page. It's yeah, very just organized. Just want to make sure toes don't get stepped on. Yeah, we're not trying to double book. Yeah, writing things down is important. And whatever system you choose to use, just make it sure it's something that works and is comfortable for you and your group. Ultimately speaking, you don't want to have to wait on text messages every single time you want to know you know when the projected dates are for things so just anywhere you can write down you know this is what we're planning and these are our like agreed upon blackout dates and whatnot Mm -hmm. Um, get a system going and something that's regular because if you can get that that system and the other local metas together and you know kind of going in lockstep together it's going to really smooth things out in the long run it's just amazing like how efficient it is now like and I was talking to Seth on it, and he was like saying, you know what, at the end of the day, we can't make everybody happy, but where I'm looking at it, it's like, you know, I think this is a very good compromise. Yeah, we're missing the Saturdays at alternate universes. I'm a little upset by that, but I mean, us doing every other Sunday at Born to Game, which is like a middle spot for all the Delaware players, that's like going to become like a state thing, which I think is actually really, really cool at this point. So I think that's actually a win for us in the long run of it. So I'm really excited. Can you imagine Warjacks at the state fair? <laughs> What's that look like in the Iron Kingdoms? Yeah. Paul, we live in Delaware. Anything could happen. It's We only have <laughs> 400 people here. It's fine. <laughs> I, I think it's good, too, that um, we're able to expand our venue just for our, our personal group because the space at AU is starting to get a little tight, especially on the weekend with the amount of people that are coming up. So I'm super excited about Middletown. Yeah, when it comes to our weekend stuff, AU, we don't have a ton of we – t- we kind of take over the store. Like if anybody else wants to ever do anything on that day, they, they just don't have the space available. Yeah, there's like one or two other tables. <laughs> it's just the limitations of the space there. And it's not no fault to them. It's just like, you know, for miniatures wargaming, you need a lot of space to play. And, you know, it's just we, we have exploded in attendance. But there's something you got to also kind of say here, and you might be like, well, my Saturday, my steamrollers are the best or my open plays are important. I got to go take care of my players. And I I was saying like off to Seth, off to the side, or like I think he mentioned to me, I don't remember how the conversation went, but he basically said like, you know, like sometimes like us as leaders, our egos sometimes get in the way. And we have to be able to recognize that. And I mean, like it's it's important because if you end up, getting a little bit angry that, you know, this meta doesn't seem to be respecting you and then you end up like retaliating or something like that. Like that's just bad for the game overall. And that that doesn't help out anybody. Yeah. One of your primary goals in working with the other groups is to, oh, you know, have a clarity and conversation firstly, of course, but above all else, do your best to avoid cannibalizing each other and working against each other to the detriment of the overall game and the ecosystem in your area. So do you think that with now the steamrollers are going to basically be happening every single Saturday? Well, not every Saturday, but at least that there's like maybe two, sometimes three options within our local area for steamrollers. Do you think that that's going to entice our, our I guess, our newer players um, to be interested in trying them out? I would certainly think so. 
Yeah, again, it comes back to that repetition, right? Tell them again and again and again. They're going to see that event pop up 15 times. And they're like, all right, screw it. I'm going. I think at some point they will. I mean, it's still pretty early for a lot of our newer players to do full steamroller activities. Like, clock is a big is a big thing for someone to learn as their first couple months playing the game. So it's it, it, it'll take time, but I think the majority of them will, will start to join steamrollers. It'll just take a couple months, I think. To kind of add on off of uh, off of that, something I've noticed too is now we're getting now the general area, Northern Maryland, PA, Delaware, and Jersey are doing all these events. Now we're getting players from like Northern Virginia that are coming to play, and some big name players too. It's pretty exciting. It's like this is where the action is on the East Coast. <laughs> it's really cool. It's a really exciting time, like to be playing the game, but. I I guess like my thing, it's like, let's say that you only play the same players every single week and maybe you'll, you'll be happy with that. Right. But I think these steamrollers are a great opportunity because one, you get to go and meet other people, but they might have different armies that you've never even seen before. Right. Like you're like Erica, you talked about seeing dwarves for the first time, like going to Maryland. Right. Like, and how exciting that was, or us going to Boker brawl and be like, Oh my God, there's infernals. I've never seen that before. I know that was me like me personally, but it's been 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> last time i saw doors on the table was like 2004 yeah but uh, i mean I, I but that that's it though like i think it's very important to try to get your players out there to those other events and you know they're a little bit hesitant about trying it out just say like hey we'll we'll go together and stuff it'll be fine carpool if, if you're worried about the the distance and you never know they might actually end up really really liking the atmosphere or they don't you know it's just i'm always a fan of like trying anything once and i know like the first steamroller that i went to the one that I went up to portal for the first time a little hesitant but after going the first time I'm like this is awesome like you get to meet some really fun people you get to share some really cool stories and you just get to go see like like all different sorts of play styles and it's just wonderful it's great for me there's really nothing like being able to kind of test yourself in a solo competition against somebody else you know like stress testing your army list your ability to you know keep playing it, it really is just a a feeling that can't really be captured any other way. No, I totally agree with that aspect. Yeah, the atmosphere, the nature of it. And on the subject of getting newer players ramped up and going with clock, you know, that is a challenge. And clock is just one of the more daunting things about this as kind of a sport, so to speak. So at some point, my recommendation is to try and start working that in, just so at least you get in the habit of clicking the clock back and forth and being cognizant of it being there. It doesn't have to be a true death clock where the game will end if you run out of time, but you should try to be measuring yourself on, you know, just keeping the game flowing. Yeah. So hint of coming a uh, preview of coming attractions. I'm actually planning on incorporating the clock as a battle challenge in the Escalation League at some of the earlier games. So, hey. That's a cool you, idea. Yeah, you just get a bonus point for just playing with the clock. And then maybe you get a bonus point for completing a game and not clocking yourself. That's to awesome. To kind of get people. I like that. Um, you know, used to it at smaller point games. Oh my gosh, why don't you go into game design? Jeez, that's like so cool of an idea. Uh, I'm looking for a different career just to put that out there. Um, I will be... <laughs> Not for another 10 years. <laughs> Get me out. <laughs> when you're also going to these other metas as well and you're participating in their events, like, right, if you're going to their steamrollers, you want to make sure that you also represent your own meta well and make sure, I don't want to say like be on best behavior, but really be, just don't be an asshole. Yeah, it just, it's like you're being an ambassador. 
That's a good way to put it. Ultimately for your group. Yeah, you're just you're you're being an ambassador for for your store. Yeah, and generally being an asshole while playing War Machine is terribly frowned upon anyway. Just don't do it. At least don't do it at my store. Please and thank you. Yeah, and you can have bad experiences with other player groups. And sometimes those bad experiences are one-sided or and and it's not even your side in the past i've had issues where i found out many years after the fact that playing with a group of players out of state i had at the time been working a different job and bouncing around between two different kind of meadows and every once in a while i would get to the store and i would go to one of their tournaments maybe once a month or so and Years later, I find out that uh, allegedly I'm the person that uh, was kind of the boogeyman that would just show up to their tournaments and, you know, win one of the top prizes. And then I would leave and I wouldn't hang out with them afterward or something. So I guess I wasn't, you know, really in with this group. And I had no idea that the, that any of this was a concern for them. And at the time, if I had, you know, I would have done my dollar best to try and make, make it better, at least, or, you know, at least... Uh, hear their concerns but you can't always do that because you won't always know so it's just a another it's uh another reason that when you do visit other people's metas other people's backyards you want to be on your best behavior because you are representative of the people that you hang out with you are representative of yourself now and how you will be in the future and you want people to know that you're a person that they can have a relationship with that is a positive one. I mean, and it's, I think we would talk about that player expectations in the past episode, right? When you're doing your player expectations within your own meta in your own games, like the expectations when you go out to other places as well, what are their norms? Because maybe they're very lax. They Maybe they play soft clock and you're not used to that. Maybe it's like, oh, hey, I, I didn't move this. Do you mind if I move this? you know, guy backwards or something like that, or I activate with this character. It's like, nah, you already flipped it over to your clock. I mean, it's just, the, those can make for those negative experiences. So I think it's just good to have those dialogues. Yeah, Paul, that's a really good point, actually. I think going, going the traveling that we've been doing makes me realize for a lot of the open plays that we've been playing, people don't all play by the exact same rules when it's not a steamroller environment. Like some people have a meta that basically is okay with taking things back and and learning more and some people are more about rigidly following the rules and and keeping themselves to the most rigid interpretation of what they have to do and they they spread that through the meta so it's i didn't realize that as much before because i'm more the latter like if i screw up i i I, oh no i didn't go with my choir well I guess this turn's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah, and I that might actually even go with the event organizer, where it's like as a TO. No, but I mean, when it comes from a steamroller perspective, you can't. You have to follow the rules. Like that's that's you have to play as clean as possible, and you have to put that foot forward. But when it comes to open plays, like there's a huge variety of how strict do we need to be to keep this fun for everybody. Yeah, I think the uh, term that a lot of I've I've seen used for this type of thing is uh, the social contract of this game. Um, that is the deal to or the level to which you and your opponent have agreed to enforce certain rules or take these backsies or whatever uh, is the subject of the day. Um, and if you don't agree verbally on that, if it's just an understanding, but this is a brand new person, a brand new store, a brand new style um you might risk breaching that contract and doing it uh unintentionally so 
it's a good thing to just maybe hash out at the start of your games when you go to a new place. Yeah, to what Dan was saying, I've heard the game described as a discussion between two players is what it is. It's 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 more of a conversation than, a, than anything else. So you can have a combative conversation, but those aren't always the most fun conversations to have. So being able to agree with each other on what the world looks like and what actions you can take is kind of the goal of the game. Mm-hmm. Bro, just move your choir. It's cool. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dan, so um, are you going to go and start the meta up at Swathmore now? That's something that I've thought a lot about, and I've been on the fence about it for many years. Our meta in the Swarthmore area in Pennsylvania has suffered a bit. Uh, we had a large group of players that was regularly at the store and some regular events near the end of Mark II. But the transition to Mark III sadly drove some players out of our group, and they transitioned to playing different games and other things like that, and we haven't really seen them return to the game. I feel that I'm only a few miles north of you guys. It's like a 20-minute drive. And I am, you know, in the middle point between where Portal lies to the north and Philadelphia is to the east of me. And then, you know, all the Delaware and Maryland stores are just to the south of me. So I'm smack dab in the middle of several different metas that are basically thriving at this point. And it's probably going to be even more difficult and even more compounding the issues to that we've been speaking about in this episode and trying to fit your events in between others if I were to start this up at my local store. So that in combination for the fa- with the fact that I just don't want to be devoting all of my time to one specific game. I have other games that I enjoy and other things in my life that I want to be spending my time on. I think those impact and restrict my ability to do the concentrated effort that you put into starting this meta. So I am going to avoid doing this myself at the next store to the north because I don't think that the location and timing is right. And that's just something that our listeners should also be cognizant of. Just because we made this podcast and we have all these great ideas and you want to try them doesn't necessarily mean you can do it at every single location. It may be worthwhile for you to do a bit of research ahead of time to see what other stores are out there, what other communities are going, and is this the right time and space for this? We'd hate for you to use all of this effort and time and energy if you're just going to be, you know, swept under the regional meta of the nearest large city. So, you know, just think about the efforts that you're putting in and where you're putting them in and how much that's worth to you and what what you're willing to sacrifice to get those to get things done. Yeah, I mean, if you have a somewhat thriving meta somewhat close to you, like within 20 minutes or so, you can do just as much good just by helping them out, you know, running a thing, helping out on their Discord, being an admin for something, you know, I mean, it's not it's like, like we said in other portions and episodes of this, it's, not, it's never gonna be a one man show, you're gonna need people to be engaged. Yeah. I mean, going back to what you're saying about the timing is not right. I mean, in one month, the timing is not going to be right. Like the timing wouldn't even be right right now. Communication and everything, doing that with everybody in the local area with, you know, a kid on the way. So the stars kind of have to align, I think, in all reality to for someone to be able to go and pursue this. But I think you're absolutely right when it comes to if there's a meta 20 minutes away, like just support them. I mean, for us, it's really like the metas are an hour or two hours away. So it just kind of made sense for us to revitalize one. Delaware had its main meta, I guess, or like its its big group in Dover and Newark. So 
we just decided to try to reform it and it just worked out that way but i'm really happy at least like with the conclusion of this with you know our whole story about tried and true dan i think you articulated this like perfectly what did you end up saying are all of the decisions that we made in this effort the correct ones probably not is this the only way to do what we're trying to do definitely not this is this whole project has been our way of packaging up and retelling our hypothesis, our experiment of what we wanted to try, the efforts we wanted to use, or the methods we wanted to use. And those are just the tools that you can put into your toolbox. I always encourage you to test things your own way, to put your own spin on it, because I think part of what makes a meta special is the character that it carries. The, you know, the little icons that you come up for your, come up for with, to share with your gaming groups or put on your Discord servers. You know, the personalities that you have, the special one pain in the ass terrain feature that everyone always hates to play with. You know, those are the special things that make a meta and they can't be duplicated. It's quicksand. It's always quicksand. Fucking quicksand. <laughs> That's why I love Ghostly, man. It's so great. On a stick. Fucking elves. <laughs> so, so bring your own feelings to the table and make this effort yours hopefully something that we've given you here is something that you can use and if it is we'd love to hear your story and where we're at right now is that we're going to continue to monitor uh monitor you know you said that was a hypothesis and we were a good data point we went from having no one playing the game in our state to what how many we have like coming for the sunday open play like 14 maybe 16 people somewhere around there yeah it's certainly thriving and as the spreadsheet guy i have to say one data point is not enough yeah i mean just talking about our tuesday nights we get like 10 players out on a tuesday night for an escalation league and that that's pretty big yeah and then it's like and everybody else at least it's just like they can't either make it those two Tuesdays or they're down south and it's like it's it's too much traveling for them but they can go to Middletown on a Sunday yeah or they just get a game in on war table that's that's always an option yeah it works yeah so I'm just really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next you know I mean I'm definitely going to be like keeping my eye out I'll go help out and post things on Facebook and discord and stuff but I'm excited to see where you know Wilmington's going to be in a couple months I'm excited to see where Middletown's going to be I'm excited to see where Maryland's going to be you know with Ryan and Sam. Like, I'm really stoked to see those guys grow. I am excited as well. I'm really enjoying seeing a room full of War Machine players in the amounts that I haven't seen since Mark II. It really just kind of warms my heart. So I'm really happy that we have these stores set up locally now, and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of getting some some more War Machine games in with more people at different places. They actually plan on doing a steamroller coming up soon for Brawl Machine. Nice. Maryland is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. I, I feel like we're going to have to go and give them our stuff for the day <laughs> but i guess we're at this point we're at the end now so for everybody that ended up sticking it out and listening to us i really appreciate your time listening to you know our, our little conversations here or bad jokes and all and i just want to give an opportunity for everyone to go ahead and make their final comments and we'll just kind of go out the way we started so dan do you have any final comments if you're still here with us at this point uh, i sincerely want to say thank you so this project has been a little bit of a labor of love for us and you have given us your time to listen to our ideas and that really means something special to me so thank you andy you want to do your uh, comments now i love all three of you and i will see you when we play together later Bye, everybody. <laughs> Erica? Um, 
So first and foremost, thank you for everybody who is uh, who's, who's come to listen to us and has given us constructive feedback. Everything's been great. Paul, I love you. Thank you for including me in your project. Dan, you too. <laughs> uh, this has been a lot of fun. It's been really cool. I'm, I'm a fan of podcasts and battle reports. So to be able to do one with my friends and my family has been a uh, it's been a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank you for the experience. It's been funny because, again, it was like a fever dream that I've wanted to do this. I'm like, I think I want to go do a podcast on just how we restarted Delaware. I think it'd be kind of a fun I was thing. like, in Delaware? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it was just – it was cool. And I don't know if – for those who are able to listen, when the, when we first came up with the idea, it was really just going to be Dan and I doing the whole thing. And I went to Dan and said, like, hey, I wanted to do this with Erica and Andy because they've been – they, they, they've helped us along the way, and I think it's only right that they're there. It's certainly escalated. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, I I was just really thankful with, with that decision. So, Dan, like, thank you for being here since, like, the get-go. Yep. I am looking forward to all the other games we're going to be playing. I'm going to try to be in that positive numbers for, for that uh, Iron Grudge thing. I'm, I'm tired of uh, <laughs> of only having, like, my two or three in there, so... Oh, you'll get there. Um, I'm, you know, Retribution's a terrible matchup for me, so odds are in your favor over a long enough period of time. You got to get up on that wall, Paul. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'll have time to get on the wall. It's okay. The thing that the plaque is there, I think that's that's more than enough. You helped put that plaque there. That should be more worth more than any specific name on there. Yeah. But, Andy, you remember like back on the first episode, right? War Machine's what got me more comfortable to be hanging out with you. I'm really glad that you invited me over and, you know, I played Child and you played Akos and you, you got me hooked into playing the game. I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to go and do this uh this drug it's now. because I'm so intimidating. <laughs> That's why. No, it's because he's so charismatic, right, Erica? Yeah, super charismatic. No. <laughs> no. Another thing I, I just wanted to add, Wargaming and miniature gaming in general brings me joy. <laughs> So um, I remember being in, being in high school and, you know, kind of being like this this nerd outcast kid and finding this really awesome community outside of my Monday through Friday mundane, you know, eight hours a day schoolhouse. Yeah. So it's cool to kind of pay it forward in that way, if that makes sense, that now we're offering this chance, you know, for community, mm -hmm. for people to get together and just kind of sharing that joy. <laughs> I agree. For me, it's a welcome escape from screen time because I spend my entire day at my job looking at screens. I play too many video games. I look at screens, but stepping away to play miniatures games gets my eyes off of a computer monitor. And for that, I'm thankful. Yeah. And then finally, uh, Erica, I mean, I really, really appreciate you coming out with this. I know you gave a chuckle when I said I wanted you to be on it. <laughs> Spitting truths over here. <laughs> but i mean it's been great to have your insight and you've always been like a mentor for me like even when i was like a kid oh god don't say that no. <laughs> i'm a terrible role model <laughs> but no we've had the conversation i really appreciate everything that you've done and and everything you've done for the community and just with our family in general so i love you so much thank you love you brother Doll. all right and with that that gets us to the end of the series of tried and true we thank you for hanging out with us this whole entire time and we'll see you on the next one i guess if there is one speaking of battle reports yeah we may have something uh <laughs> something cooking for for our fans out there hey, games. <laughs> i'm not i'm not not no promises no promises <laughs> all right cool well again from all of us everybody thank you for taking the time and listening and we'll catch you later see ya bye everyone bye bye That concludes this episode of Tried and True. 
We hope you enjoyed your time listening to the podcast, and we look forward to having you on the next one. Until next time, gamers.